it's Sarah. Hey, it's Leanna. And welcome back to Girl, We Should Talk to Someone. This episode is one that's really timely for us. Um, I know a lot of people have been feeling really kind of that burnout and that anxiety and just fed up, up, honestly. Yeah, fed up, like just like kind of done with our current situation. So today we're going to talk about how we try and sometimes don't succeed, but try to stay positive. (laughs) during this pandemic, this sort of never-ending lockdown that we're in. Yeah, we hope this episode will be helpful for some people and also helpful for us as well, because I feel like a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, we also kind of just like talk it out too, because we're feeling so many emotions during this time and being alone constantly, you just internalize it all. So it's almost like a little therapy session for us. Yeah, and and help others. It's free therapy for us. So thanks for joining. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be 999 after this ends (laughs) to subscribe. (laughs) Why don't we start with our rose and thorn? Okay, you go first. (laughs) Okay, the rose I have is um, finishing one of like the best shows I've seen in a long time. Uh, I actually just finished it today. The final episode, Firefly Lane. It's on Netflix and it's, you've probably heard of it. It's really popular. I didn't really think too much of it. I thought it was just going to be sort of one of those like easy, cheesy rom-com type shows on Netflix, but it's just amazing. Like it goes (laughs) like deep into all emotions, good and bad and friendships and relationships. And I don't know, like I, it just like really got to me and I never wanted it to end. And I think they're going to there's at least going to be another season, no spoilers, but like the way they leave it off at the end, it doesn't leave it like a clean slate. Like there's something left to be said. So yeah, that's definitely my rose, but also I'm sad because it's, it was such a, yeah, it was one of those shows that just made you really miss your friends and just want to also experience life because they go through so many life experiences in the show, some good, some bad. So I feel like when I was watching it, I just missed life so much. Yeah, like all the messy shit that happens when you yeah. actually live life, like not by yourself inside 24-7. Yeah, it was, it brought up a lot of feelings, that show. I loved it too. Yeah, I would highly recommend, especially if you're someone that li- really likes to sort of like escape into a storyline. It's really easy to mm-hmm. dive in and like really feel like you're part of it. What's your rose, Leanna? Um, it's funny, I was thinking like all week, what should my rose be? Because I honestly had such a bad week that I didn't really have anything too much good stuff happen. But then today I was out walking just before this episode and it's like the first day that it's been actually like almost feels like spring weather. Mm-hmm. And I think that just kind of gave me this like sense of hope almost that even though we're still going to be in lockdown, probably in the spring, like there's still going to be a virus probably leading into the end of summer and winter, who knows that this warmer weather is kind of rejuvenating in a way because it's like I can start my spring cleaning. I love cleaning up my wardrobe every season. Sarah's like totally laughing because I get rid of so many clothing clothes every year. It, I love it. Oh my it. God. <laughs> People come over and I always have like a basket. And I'm like, here, do you want this? Take it. And then I'll come over and be like, hey, I forgot a hoodie. Like, can I borrow one? And she's like, oh, I actually have no sweaters whatsoever. I gave them all away. <laughs> I know. I get rid of stuff. I don't, if I don't wear something in a year, I get rid of it. So that's, a, that's no, but that's a good plan to have. I don't do that. I just keep everything because I'm like, oh, well, I never know when I'm going to want this again. Like I still have clothes from high school. Oh, wow. No, yeah. I have a lot of friends like 
all my friends I give clothing to and I also just give to charities as well but spring is just a time to kind of restart I think that's what the season kind of signifies so I'm just excited to hopefully feel renewed going into spring at least for yeah. <laughs> yeah it I opened my window the other day and it for the first time wasn't like freezing winter air yeah. it was like so fresh I it felt amazing like I didn't think that really could cheer me up but I think it it's true it, other people are feeling that way too do you mm -hmm. have a thorn I feel like you probably have a lot of thorns after the sound of that <laughs> um I don't have one specific thorn I think just this week it's been an overall thorn of a week I guess it's just or this month I don't know I've been feeling very up and down lately and that's normal for me I have like a roller coaster of emotions in general but I think I was like doing well with handling my emotions for a while and then this last month it just kind of was like my brain was like just kidding we're negative thoughts are still around like we're gonna ruin your day now so I kind of let them all get to me this month which mm. has put me down a lot like and I just haven't really felt like socializing I haven't seen my parents in like three weeks I've literally just been alone for like almost three and a half weeks now which I haven't done since the beginning of the pandemic when I was alone for those initial what was it like four months so yeah I don't know that was just I guess my thorn so I don't have anything else to say about it just a shitty yeah. feeling no I totally I totally relate I'm trying to think of like a thorn but like there isn't it's not because like my life is so amazing right now it's just that there isn't that one thing that stands out that's the worst of it all mm -hmm. I think this week has been a little bit better for me than the last few weeks but truly the last few weeks I've just felt like as soon as work is over for the day like no one fucking talk to me like mm -hmm. I'm not going on a FaceTime with a friend don't text me don't call me just get out of my like circle yeah. like I can't bear to be social whatsoever I don't think I would feel the same way if it was like hey come over and like hang out in person but it's just that sense of like virtualness all the time I just can't yeah. like I I actually had I thought I was like a psychopath like I I felt like I had no empathy for anyone because people would tell me things that were like kind of shitty and I'd be like okay like like yeah. I just like I I couldn't care about it but then I was reading in this book I was reading lately it's actually like a part of burnout this like compassion fatigue where you almost feel like you have to fake compassion for people when it doesn't feel authentically coming out in the moment and that's mm -hmm. often because we're just so drained that we can't even bring out those natural emotions. Our body's just like trying to shut everything off. Yeah, that's that's such a good, that's exactly how I felt. Like I felt like I was faking it when I was texting people like, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like, no, yeah. I wasn't good. Like, I think I don't, I didn't respond to like, I think I respond to you only, but like most people I didn't respond to for like three days. And like people, like this whole virtual world, like even though it's like easy to not talk to people, like it's very hard to disconnect. Mm -hmm. even though we're not seeing people because you're constantly online people know you're home and doing nothing so they kind of expect you to respond to them so mm -hmm. when you don't respond to three days you kind of feel guilty and you're kind of like but I was just like I don't have the energy to continue this conversation like even like we weren't really having conversations we were just texting about random stuff but like I couldn't have conversations with anybody this week I just no. want to like fully just be on my own do my thing relax in the evening and that's what I did yeah, I, I feel that. I feel like this week has been a little bit better for me, thank God. And I'm like, oh, this is what a normal conversation feels like. Like, this is like regular empathy coming out. You're not like yeah. a psychopath faking it. <laughs> so 
With that in mind, it kind of relates to why we chose this topic, I guess, because we didn't really touch on this at the beginning, but just being positive in general is very difficult. And we want to kind of talk about, we did some research on the internet of how to stay positive during this pandemic. And then we also added in our own opinions. So we're going to kind of, I guess, just start discussing all of that. Yeah. Um, I, I read something, I shared it on my Instagram story the other day, and it just like, it really kind of encapsulated exactly how I was feeling. Um, I forget exactly what it said, but it was along the lines of like, no one's saying it, but we're all just truly so done and exhausted. We're not talking about it though. Um, but we just like, we don't have the energy for those FaceTimes that we used to do. We don't have the energy to connect with people um, like cocktail hours over Zoom, which we used to do. It's just, mm. it's not there. And it was almost like a validating post. I think at the end, it said something like, don't worry, like everyone is feeling this way. Like if you need space or you need time, like you just take it without any sort of thoughts about, are you a bad person? Are you antisocial? Like everyone feels it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you posted that and I was like, I think I like loved it or something. So I just, that was exactly how I felt too. Like no one's talking about how burned out we are mentally. Like everyone's just posting stuff like doing this today. Like they're saying they're like the one thing they've done in the week, they keep posting about it. And I find seeing that stuff kind of pisses me off. Cause I'm like, that's great that you're doing something today. Like I'm not doing anything. And then I just feel shitty about myself. And I'm kind of like, oh, this person's happy and thriving during this. And I'm not, but like, they probably aren't. They're just posting it that day in that moment that they're happy, but they're mm -hmm. probably also struggling, but you don't see that on social media. So it's, yeah, it's just, you get stuck in your head a lot with those thoughts, at least I do. Yeah, I, I hundred percent relate. There's and, but I, I think when I read that post, I was like, okay, cool. Like it's not just me. This mm -hmm. is a universal emotion. And when I would think about burnout, people are, have been talking about burnout at least in my circles at work and stuff. Like really, this entire time the pandemic's been happening, and I was like, oh yeah, I do feel burnt out. But like, I didn't necessarily like in the past really know what that meant until I think this month I was like oh shit no this is burnout this is like crashing and burning and stopping uh like stopping caring about stuff that you cared about before this is like the I find when I'm burnt out I like I'm really snippy towards people for no reason like everything people say to me like just gets under mm -hmm. my skin even though like it, it shouldn't and it wouldn't on a normal day um I don't like, I just feel like it's such a universal feeling right now, more so than ever in this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it'd be helpful if everyone, like if we hear more about it on social media, because I feel like right now, a lot of it is filled with like the news or like self-care stuff and like things to do. And I wish we could see more posts about like, look, this is how we're all feeling. This is how we're struggling. Cause that would also kind of help like reaffirm me that you're not alone with these feelings. And then even though it doesn't like fix them, it does in a way make you just feel more at ease that you're feeling this way. Yeah. Knowing that it's not just you. Yeah. The highlight reels of people's lives right now, like it's, oh. it's like the least helpful thing to see, especially because yeah. you, you know, it's like so fabricated, like there, so maybe fabricated. they had a good day or like a good moment, but like for the most part, we're all kind of struggling. Um, but it's, no one wants to show that, right. No one yeah. wants to, no one wants to post about that. And I don't know. It's like, is there anything that you're doing right now that 
you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm doing this one thing because it's helping me, even though I'm still struggling. Um, I recently, like this is, I think I talked about the last episode, but I got more into working out and I just stopped that for a long time during the pandemic. Like I didn't mm-hmm. do anything like apart from walking, which I've always kept up with. Um, but actually doing a workout and moving my body in a different way has helped a lot because I'm just like remembering like, oh, this is what it feels like to be sweaty after or the next day when my body hurts a little bit. I'm like, huh, oh, so nice. I haven't felt this way in so long. It kind of gives me like I'm not working it like crazy or anything like I'm really like I'm still pretty out of shape. So it's not like I'm like, woo, losing weight. I'm just doing more movements than usual. And it's just helping me even if they're so small and even if they won't change my body, it's helping my mind more than anything. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like I, like we, me and Leanna, we used to be like really big into going to like our boxing classes, Mm -hmm. our like spin classes, our boot camps before the pandemic. Like every week. Yeah. And we had a pretty good like routine going and I would like play hockey too. And like, there was just like in my schedule, like built in exercise that was like strenuous like you really had to like work at it Mm -hmm. but I think the motivation for that really died down I had the same thing as you like between the summer and Christmas it was like pretty bleak for the workout world in my life like Mm -hmm. but it's that feeling I when I first did um, a really hard workout back in January I was like oh I have not sweat in like literally five months. Like I have not sweat yeah. in five months. It was a crazy feeling. I think I texted you when I was like, I was dripping on my floor of sweat after. And I was like, this is bizarre. I haven't felt this way in, in any workout. Even if I've done like the small ones, I just haven't felt this way in so long. Yeah. And it was, it has kept me going back to it now, knowing that I'm getting that kind of like self maybe it's like self-affirmation or just like satisfaction but knowing that I got that the first time has made me want to keep doing it totally yeah it's such a release and um are you still doing the Megan Roop workouts yeah Yeah. I love them yeah so I oh amazing yeah I'm I'm so glad you love it um one of the things I love about her specifically she doesn't talk about this is going to tone up your butt. This is going to help you lose inches on your waist. She never talks about doing these workouts to look a certain way. It's always like to feel good, to look, to like feel strong, um, Mm -hmm. to be confident, to let things go. Like, and I think that has really helped me at least feel like, oh, actually working out is, it's not really about how you look. It's a lot about how you feel. Yeah. No, even when you're doing certain moves in her workouts, like they're really hard. She'll just say like, it's okay if it's hard right now, like you're just doing this to get stronger. It's eventually going to get easier. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like, well, I'm doing that. I'm like, okay, I can't do it right now. I'm sucking at it, but I'm going to keep doing it to, and eventually I'll be able to do this workout move. And that's what the point of all this is. It's not just to do it properly the first time and lose weight and tone that first time, because that's not what working, working out is like, that's not possible. Like you don't just do one workout and you're like, Ooh, lost two pounds. Like yeah. it's a build, like, you're really just like, you're growing your body's endurance and strength towards doing these movements. So that's just something I've been trying to like, keep in my mind. Even if I don't work out, like I try to do something every other day, but some days I'm just like, no, I can't do it. But I've been pretty good. Like I've been doing it every week, at least like a couple or three. So mm-hmm. hopefully I just keep that up because so far it's been nice. Yeah. It's like so much about routine, at least for me, that's the only way 
I get myself to do these things. It's like, okay, I want to do this video today after work. I'm going to do that immediately after I finish work. And then I can like shower, relax, cook dinner, whatever it is. Um, but definitely like setting that in my calendar, even if it's just my mental calendar to be like, okay, it's Tuesday. Maybe I didn't work out the last few days today. I know it's going to make me feel good to do it. So I'm going to mm-hmm. make the time for it and do it no matter what. That's actually a perfect segue into the first tip from the internet of how to stay positive is having a routine. It's saying that routine is key. So sounds like you, you do that every day. Like you have a routine or you stick to it. Like I, I have a loose routine. I, mm-hmm. I think life gets, at least for me, pretty static when things are so planned Yeah, um, and it loses the fun and spontaneity and things. But at the same time now, like there really isn't anything to plan. So planning a workout in is like, it works for me. Uh, I really liked on the app that we use, like the, when I joined, there was like a January challenge and Mm -hmm. every day she had something on the calendar, whether it was like yoga, meditation, or a specific video. And that was really good, at least to keep me on a schedule. So I think I'm going to like try and do that myself. That's a good idea. I think it's hard to set routines during this time. Like I'm trying to think of what routines I really have apart from like my after work routine. I guess I kind of have, I finish work. I'll probably do a workout. If I don't do a workout, usually I just like sit for a bit, look for a Netflix show, start making dinner, watch the Netflix show, read a book and go to bed. Like that's kind of what I've been doing. And that's such a lame routine that I'm saying it out loud. Like God, <laughs> I have no life. But like that is everyone's routine though. Like that is, that's everyone's but routine. It, it's a routine. Like I just, I look for something to watch. I put it on, I go cook and come back and watch it. Or yeah. So in the morning though, that's one thing I'm really struggling with is because we're working from home and like you used to have a routine in the morning, like you'd wake mm-hmm. up you'd get ready. You'd maybe have time for breakfast. I never did. So you would grab an apple, go run to the subway, eat Mm -hmm. the apple, pick up a bagel or something on the way to work. If I had time, usually I was always late. And then when I got to work, I would get my coffee, have a morning meeting. Like that would be my routine every day. But now that I can like literally sleep until 825 and I start work at 830, like I, I do that. And I'm trying really hard to set a morning routine because I know the days where I do wake up early, I feel so much better, but like, I'm not a morning person. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's a struggle, but if people can set a routine in the morning, I highly recommend doing that. I think it makes the biggest difference with your day. I'm glad you said that. Cause I thought, okay, because I see people on Instagram being like, I don't know. I follow a lot of like influencer type people and they post about like, morning matcha then my meditation and then I'll do the gratitude journal and I'm like okay I know I'm never going to get to that level that just doesn't sound fun to me but I'm the same way I'm like oh I have a meeting at at uh, eight o'clock or nine o'clock like I'll wake up literally 10 minutes before that meeting yeah and like scrape together myself to look presentable yeah and I wonder why I'm so freaking frazzled like I didn't give myself any time to prepare no but I do it every day but I'm glad that like other people are doing that too because I thought it was just me being like unable to wake up and have a normal routine in the morning no I think everyone has like I was reading about your um what's it called the whole circadian rhythm yeah circadian rhythm and like how everyone has their very own and mine is like I'm most optimal from like two o'clock to four o'clock that's where I have the most energy and I can get the the most work done, which is true. It's always like after lunch and I eat my food. I'm like, boom, 
let me get all things done before the end of day. Mm-hmm. And I crash at like seven. I'm like, okay, I can't do anything else. But the morning takes me so long to really get into it. But not having that routine in the morning makes it even harder because I find even though I start work at 830, like I'll have a meeting at nine, we finish our meeting around like 945. And at that point, I have to go to work and I start working. But I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to go make breakfast now and stuff. And then I'm like, shit, I didn't do anything in the morning. And then I'm like behind on my schedule and I'm missing my de- Like, I don't know. It's, oh my God, it's, it's the it's same. Hard. It's it's the exact same for me. And yeah. like, it's just like, you don't even have time to make a coffee before your first meeting. And then yeah. like, the first meeting is however long it is. And then after that, you're like, okay, now I need to do my actual morning things, like brush yeah. my hair and teeth and wash my face. Work- yeah and then you're behind and then the whole day is like it, it can get kind of feeling kind of frazzled because you're constantly kind of catch up to where you should be lately I've found that I'm not like I, it's really hard for me to eat three meals a day like it's really hard for me to eat regularly right now I don't know what it is it's like okay so the morning is frazzled and is last minute I don't have breakfast mm-hmm. and then I'm like okay it's 11 30 why am I cranky oh yeah I haven't eaten breakfast yet I'll make breakfast now so then I make some small like whatever thing for breakfast maybe a bowl of oatmeal but like not like it's not big enough to be breakfast and lunch it's just a breakfast yeah and then I'm like okay I'm good I'm not hungry and then the afternoon rolls around and it's like four o'clock and again I'm like cranky hangry and I'm like okay because I didn't have lunch but like what am I doing so then I have like some weird ass dinner lunch thing at like four o'clock and then at like 11 p.m I'm like oh I can't sleep because I'm starving because I didn't eat dinner like (laughs) and I'm randomly snacking in between on shit that's not like fulfilling and doesn't make me feel good like whatever's easy to grab it's easy to do that because especially because you're always home like I find I have to have three meals or else I crash like I have very like my blood sugar is so sensitive I've always been like this like do you remember like in school if I didn't have like a snack or my lunch I would just like I couldn't work because I couldn't focus because like I would have my energy would drop but then I find when I'm working from home, like I don't necessarily eat the best meal sometimes because I'm too lazy to like cook lunch. I'd rather just like pick something up. So I go, so either I eat something shitty in my fridge or I just go grab something that's quick. And I'm like, but like you have the time to make a really good meal, but you just don't want to every single day because it's tiring. You're used to having, like I'm used to having like leftovers and bring it to lunch to work and just kind of having no option but to eat my leftovers. I literally like scoundrel my cupboards for random <laughs> shit that doesn't require cooking. And it's always like makes me feel horrid. Like the other yeah. day for lunch, I had like little, like I literally grabbed salami out of the package, just ate, like I could have made a sandwich, but what <laughs> did I do? I eat the salami on its own as I'm looking for other things. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'll have some like chips. Then I have like a few chips, like, oh, I don't really like those. Then I'm like, oh, there's these almonds I just got. Maybe I'll have some of those. But instead of like putting together a meal, I'm just like literally savaging in my kitchen for things. <laughs> And I feel like a piece of shit after like physically and mentally. I'm like that. First of all, it wasn't a break. I didn't actually take time to eat. I just like yeah. grabbed stuff and I'm never like satisfied. Okay. So the next tip, we already talked a little bit about staying active, but why don't we talk about embracing your emotions? Okay. This is a tough oh. one. <laughs> but if I, when I embrace my emotions, I'm not positive, <laughs> but then it is an important thing to do is to let yourself just feel or yeah. else if you don't, then you're going to, like you said before, burn out or you're going to get aggravated by everything happening. So 
one thing I've learned during this pandemic is actually just like sitting with my feelings and like just like I don't know just sitting with them and it sounds so easy to do like yeah embrace like feel your emotions but literally my entire life I've been pushing past every negative emotion I've ever felt Mm -hmm. and it really hasn't been into the last like year that I was like oh all of these insecurities that come out all of these like like bad versions of myself that are mean and jealous those are all those emotions I don't feel like rearing their head at situations right and we talked about this yesterday or the day before and you were kind of like oh should we record on Saturday like I'm kind of feeling down like I I don't know I'll be like up to being like positive about this topic and then I think we had a good conversation it's like well that's kind of like the reality of it right like we're talking about how we feel like shit and trying to make ourselves feel better so I think we'd have to be honest and be like we right now we're not doing that great that's why we're talking about this that's so true like even today because you asked me like how are you feeling today and I was like much better but like I'm still feeling like crap like nothing has changed like I still have the same anxieties and negative thoughts I had yesterday but I think today I just was like okay like you're feeling this way but life goes on and you have to just still show up and be present even though these feelings are there because you can't always hide away. And that's what I always do. It's like, I just like, I isolate myself and I hide into, go into a little dark corner and I just, yeah, I, I numb everything around me. I don't talk to people. I don't talk to my parents. I just like exist. And that's something I've gotten so comfortable with doing over the pandemic because it's so easy to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I told you this this week, how like before the pandemic, I remember like sitting in my room being like really, really down and just like wishing that everything could pause. And I never thinking like, I just want a week off to just not see anybody, not do anything. I just want a week to exist and have no, like nothing outside of my bubble. And then we've had that for a year now, basically. We've been living through that. And so I got my wish, but now I have to learn to like navigate it more. Yeah, so are you trying to say that you you caused this pandemic? Is that what you're trying to say right now? <laughs> Yeah, basically. I was the reason (laughs) that this all started. Okay, here's the thing I like about embracing your emotions that I think I shied away from for so many years is that I always thought when you you tell people how you're feeling and you're you're vulnerable and you let people know that it makes them uncomfortable. Like I always thought that's how it was. And so I never wanted to make people feel uncomfortable with my feelings. And I thought, you know what, I'll deal with my feelings myself. I don't want to put that on anyone because I just like, first of all, there's this, like, you're scared to be vulnerable. There's a, there's a fear there, but mostly I was like, I don't want to annoy people with how I feel, especially when it's like negative or like bad, stereotypically like annoying emotions. Right. But I think what I've learned is that everyone is feeling or has felt this way before. Right. So it's like, not like you're experiencing something so new that what you're talking, the person you're talking to can't relate. And it like kind of takes down this invisible barrier that people have up when you are actually real about how you feel instead of just sort of faking it or, you know, just like, oh yeah, everything's good. Like, yeah, like this is happening, but it's not really bothering me. But if you're actually real, like, Hey, this is a problem that's happening in my life. And it's actually making me feel pretty down these days. I always feared that would like push people away. But I think that's part of the process of embracing your emotions. Like what you just described is moving past that feeling 
breaking down that invisible wall and actually being like, no, that's not okay. Because there's so many people and we have friends as well who don't embrace their emotions. Like we know people who just say like, yeah, it doesn't bother me. It's fine. But like, you're like, how's it not bother you? Like what? Like people aren't robots. That, yeah. And, but also people are not as self-aware and when you embrace your emotions, you become so self-aware. And we talked about this actually like two weeks ago, I think that mm -hmm. there's so many people that I know, like I love them to death, but they're not self-aware. They don't break down that invisible barrier and get to that next side, which you've just described that you have done. It took you longer than maybe it took me. I feel like I broke that down like a long time ago when I first went to therapy, like years, but that is part of the process is, cause I felt that way too. I remember thinking like, why would I go to therapy and talk about my feelings? I don't even want to say them out loud because it makes them become real. Like that I'm admitting that I have anxiety. I'm admitting that I have depression. Why would I put that out into the world when I can just try to move past it? And that's when I literally had multiple mental breakdowns, was in such a dark place. I was like, shit, I have to go to therapy. And that was me breaking down that wall. So I think what you just described is a perfect example of this process of embracing your emotions. Yeah. And like therapy is one of these is another point on this list that we found one yeah. way to stay positive. And I agree. Like I always thought therapy was for people that had, it's probably going to sound bad, but people that had real issues, like people that, um, I don't know, had lost family members were mm -hmm. suffering with like addiction or like severe depression Yeah, that like they were debilitated, but and I kind of discounted that therapy could be helpful to someone like me who experiences emotions sort of just like the average person, but mm -hmm. it's really sort of like opened up. What is that thing? That box in like, it's like Pandora's box, Pandora's box. Yeah. It's yeah. really opened up Pandora's box to how many things I do that I do to numb or mask negative emotions. Yeah. I think therapy is, it's great for that reason. Also, it's, it's also a way for you to admit that you're not okay sometimes. And that was the biggest step for me to take when I first went to therapy. I think it was like four years ago when I first moved to Toronto, it was like that first, no, it was the second year. So yeah, four years ago that it was like me admitting that, okay, I think I have problems that I can't, there, there were problems that were coming yeah. every single day in my life. And they were just putting me into I was becoming this person that I didn't want to be and I was just allowing them to take over more and not to say like there are these severe mental illness issues like I don't I don't think there shouldn't have to, I think there's so much of a spectrum when it comes to mental illness people think oh if I'm anxious then I'm just like an everyday anxious or am I actually an anxious person like there's this very confusing spectrum of when it comes to talking about mental illness people don't know if it's okay to say I'm depressed because they think if they say that they're discounting people who suffer with depression. So when I first went to therapy, it was me kind of admitting, like, I don't know where I fall on the spectrum, but I know I have these issues. And whether it means I'm number 10 or number one in the spectrum, it doesn't matter because it's influencing my life as a number 10. And that's what's the most important is that I don't care what anyone else thinks about how maybe people say, you're not that depressed. I'm like, well, in my life currently, I feel like I'm a number 10. So I need to go get help for it. But you might look at it and think, oh, you're number six. Suck it up. Yeah. Yeah, suck it up. Like, like my dad would always tell me, like, just stop thinking about it. I'm like, and they would just say, like, stop thinking about it. Or like, what happened to you is not that bad. It's like, well, for me, it's it's that bad. Like it's that's and that's what matters, I think, when you go to therapy is 
you put everything into your own perspective in your own life. And that's what you have to do in order to grow. Yeah. And, uh, and that validation that many people won't give you when you talk about yeah. seemingly mundane stuff, making you depressed or feel anxious. Yeah. You'll get that from therapy because it's not that they're, and here's also what I've learned in the last six months in therapy. It's not that they're just yes manning you all the time. Mm -hmm. I found in the beginning, it's a lot of them learning about who you are and what bothers you and, and what's going on. And then once they kind of get a grasp of who you are, the like unconditional love listening kind of turns into more of a constructive love listening and, and mm -hmm. hearing what you're saying, reflecting things back. Um, and that was a big lesson for me because I always thought, okay, therapy, either I thought about it in two ways, either they're just going to like sort of hug it out with me, like sit there and be like, no, but you are great. You are amazing. Those things are fine. Or they were going to rip me apart, psychoanalyze me and like, tell me all the things I had wrong with myself. And I was ready for both of those. I was actually really excited to get ripped <laughs> apart psychologically and be told you have this, this is your problem. This is why you think this way. So that didn't happen. Neither of those things happened, right? It was a sort of this like medium balance of them analyzing what's going on. But I think my therapist, I like her so much because she doesn't ever give me her opinion on what's happening in my life. It's never about what she thinks about it. And every time I try and ask her for it, she turns it around to make me comment on my life because her comments on my life don't really mean anything. She's not yeah. living my life. Like you're saying. Yeah. Did you have to, when you first started therapy, do that, like, um, psychoanalyst test where you had to answer a bunch of questions and after they told you, okay, this is where you fall on the spectrum of no. Oh, really? So when I first did therapy, like originally four years ago, maybe because I went there for specifically anxiety and depression, but I had to answer a bunch of questions. And when I was done that, like the, the answer was like, I had, I don't want to say what the answer was, but basically what it said I had. And I was like, shit, like now I'm like, it was like diagnosing you. Yeah. It was like diagnosing me, which I thought was helpful. And then at first I was kind of like, okay, this, I feel good now because I've always thought maybe I have these issues, but now this paper is telling me, yep, you have this and you have this on a major or minor or medium scale. Yeah. But then thinking about that now, cause when I went back to therapy this year, I didn't do that. I just kind of went in there was like, this is what I am struggling with. This is what I need to talk about. And, sh and I, when I, I went there for struggling with OCD and I, I didn't really understand OCD before. So I was expecting her to tell me, no, you don't have OCD or you have a minor case of OCD. And I kept asking her, like, what do you think I have? What do you think I have? And she was like, it doesn't matter what I think you have because that's how you're feeling and we're going to deal with it because whether you're a 10 or six or three on the scale, it's influencing your everyday life in this way, which means we have to work on it. And that exactly. really put me at ease because I was like, okay, so like, I just didn't second guess what my issue was, I guess. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Cause I feel like that's what I do a lot. I'm like, am I really depressed or am I just depressed today? And I constantly mm -hmm. second guess it. I, I'm like, oh, I can't feel depressed because I don't have depression. But then it's like, it doesn't matter if I do or I don't, I feel this way and that's it. Yeah. And I think that a good therapist, at least in my mind, it's never about pathologizing the person. It's never about yeah. you, you have severe anxiety. You are like you are a person with depression. Like it's about listening to what's going on. And the, like, it doesn't matter if, if you say I have depression and this is what happened to me and I feel really whatever way about it. Or if you just said, this is what happened to me and I feel whatever way about it. 
the having the label of depression, it doesn't add or take away. No, exactly. It's the problem still going to be there. Yeah. It doesn't make you feel, I used to think it made me feel better knowing I had something, but then I was like, no, it doesn't because then I keep Googling what this means. And then I'm like, oh, I don't feel that way. So maybe I don't have it. Oh, this person has depression, but they do this and I don't do that. Like, do I have to be super like stuck in my room every single day to have depression or can I still go out and be happy sometimes? Like Mm -hmm. that was always what was like going through my head. And I mean, the mind is, is such a confusing and strange thing to understand, but it's one thing to remember, I think is that it's different for everybody. So never like put, never, like never judge your feelings. Like, yeah. Or I think what I've learned is that I'll never know what it feels like to be depressed as Leanna. I'll only ever know what it feels like to be depressed as Sarah. And so I I can't say that yours is worse or better or different. All I know is it's yours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect way to say it. Before we move on, I have, I want to add in one thing here is, okay. So if you had to take one takeaway from all your work in therapy, what would, what would you think it would be? I don't know what I can't think of one takeaway because I've learned so much but I think the biggest thing that therapy has given me is self-awareness and that's mm-hmm. something I'm so grateful for because I did not have that for a very long time and it's like opened up my mind to so many things and I just having that self-awareness is so important and so integral to your sense of self your sense of people around you who you have in your life as well is influenced by your own self-awareness. So I think that is one thing that I'm very thankful for that at 26, I feel self-aware because at 23, 24, I absolutely did not. Yeah. I'm still learning more. Like, it's not like I'm self-aware. I'm like, oh, done. It's it's a process being self-aware. It's not like you're like set and you checked off your list. It's, mm-hmm. it's a sense of being and it's, it's a, it's a, it's helped a lot for me. What about yeah, you? That's a really good one. I think that like ties in with sort of everything you do in therapy is about Mm self-awareness. Other than that, I think for me, I'm a big personalizer. So if people say or do things to me that upset me, my default thought is they're doing that because they don't like me. They want to make me upset. They want to make my life harder or they don't care about me. And that's sort of the narrative that drives my reactions. But what I've learned in therapy, and it might sound obvious to some people, but it was really a light bulb that went off for me, was that people are are living their lives to minimize their suffering, not to maximize yours, right? Mm -hmm. So what they're doing is they're doing it because in that moment, that made their life better, whether or not it had an effect on you, right? And for the most part, you can be a very self-aware person, but you're still likely going to live your life for the majority of it, doing things that make your life better and make you feel better. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to take away that personalization of like what people do and say and think means something about me. No, it means everything about them. Yeah, that's so true. Like some of the things I'm still like, I think as you get older, it gets easier, but not taking everything personally, like People will make assumptions about your life. People will say something about you. People will say, oh, you can't do this. Or, oh, like, why would you think that way? And you just have to like silence all that. Like you have to really just like put it in a box and close the box because I used to care so much about what people thought about me. I used to ask them, do you think I'm a happy person? Do you think I'm more sad? Do you think I'm positive? Or do you think I'm like mostly negative? 
I remember someone once said that I was antisocial and I was like oh am I antisocial wow okay I know I'm shy and I can be antisocial but does that make me an antisocial person and then now I'm just like why did I even like question that idiot who said that because I'm not and I never have been but like how how does that person have the audacity to say that about someone that's not them like it's not fair and I try not to do that with anyone because you have no right to tell someone who what they are or how they think yeah uh yeah it's it, it all kind of ties into that self-awareness like I I always like to think now like when I'm responding to maybe a tough conversation like is what I'm going to say beneficial at this time? Like, mm -hmm. if, is my angry response going to make this situation better? Or is it maybe better I just give it space and then come back to it? Yeah. Would I have done that a year ago? Fuck no. Like, I would have been angry. And I would have been like, I have the right to express my anger. And it's like, well, yeah, you do have the right to express your anger. But it's just about being aware about how your yeah. stuff affects other people, right? That's so true. And that's something that I'm always learning as well. Like I rarely get into those tense negative situations, but if I am, I have to be like, okay, do I say something or do I be quiet? Do I send this paragraph or do I just let it go? And mm -hmm. I have to like really think about it. But then even if I do want to say something, I try really hard to not make it sound angry or like how I might be feeling because like you said, it's not always worth it. Yeah. Um, another tip on here is like that kind of ties into like less is more right like it's hard now because it feels like there's so little to do that you want to do so much of the things that you can do like mm -hmm. watching tv or cooking for some people but yeah I think I think less is more like how does that read to you like how do you understand that I think for me it's like those minimal things in life whether it's like materialistic or just like as minimal as me just going for a walk one day and that's the only thing i do but i feel great after like you don't need to fill your day with a bunch of different activities and triggers or different like ways to like get your brain going and your mind like you don't need to do all that stuff to have a good day you can literally just wake up have a late breakfast brunch go for a walk get some fresh air come back and then that's it you're good like you don't have to do everything. Yeah, that's actually like, you just kind of like really put it into a good perspective for me. And like, I was definitely not a less is more person. <laughs> for this You're time. like, a, a more is more is not enough. That's like what you look like. Yeah. And so that, and that's funny because I read that. I'm like, I don't really think that less is more. And then, then you say that and I'm like, oh no, you're right. But I just need to get out of this mindset that like, I need to be and doing more and more and more and more and stuff all the time. And my day is not successful if I haven't done X, Y, and Z off a list. Yeah. But it's gonna be hard going back to like when eventually we get out of this and having everyday life, like it's gonna be hard adjusting to that lifestyle of doing more stuff in your day. I feel like I'll be very much like I'll probably just go to work, and be like, hey, I'm done going to work, coming home, doing nothing. I'm not gonna feel guilty about it. Whereas before I'd be like, yeah. no, I should go to the gym. No, I should get drinks with friends. No, I should hang out with that person. Like they asked me yeah. to. Like I should do all those things, but you don't need to all the time. That guilt is like, oh, I feel that so deeply that and it can be for anything, right? That you think that you should be doing, but you're mm -hmm. not. Um and for me, like this year has been a big reminder of that whole, like embracing your emotions, listening to your body rather than just doing because you like have a fear of missing out or believe that you should be working out five days a week. So you do it. 
I actually, my workplace had a really good talk the other day. Someone came in to talk about burnout and um, he introduced a new acronym called joy of missing out instead of fear of missing out. And Mm. he said, once you embrace that feeling of doing what feels good to you, you will never have that feeling of uh, like you're missing out because you're not, you're doing what is right for you, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to do that. It's hard to always know what's right for you, but I think it changes all the time. So it's just something that you can't forget about. I think it's people have to remind themselves to think of themselves and do what's best for them. The next thing okay. on the list is really important. Going and hard. Off, going offline. That is so important during the pandemic because everything is online right now. Every everything that happens in the world is online. People repost it, it's on your stories. It's so just turning off your cell phone. I do that sometimes and my parents think I'm dead and they're like, why? You actually turn it off? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I actually turn it off. I love turning wow. it off. I also don't sleep with my alarm clock now. So now I turn off my phone usually at night or I put on do not disturb. Sometimes I put a backup alarm, but I have a real alarm clock now, which is like mm. the best decision I made of this year is getting a real alarm clock. So I don't have to rely on my phone. So my phone mm. is just like away from my bed. Like it's not somewhere I can easily get to. So it's not like my first instinct in the morning is to grab my phone, turn off the alarm and then search through it. Now I'm like, I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Right. Yeah. I'm not good at that. I'm, I always, I'm, I'm really not good at turning off. I never turn off my phone unless it's dead. Do you like leave it in another room and close the door? I do that. No, it's literally like, oh really? Beside me all the time, all the time. Unless I'm like, okay, Michael sometimes will ask me to like, if we're going to watch a movie, he'll like force me to put my phone in another room because if it's not in another room, I'll look at it while I'm watching the show try doing that more like I try after work I'll put my phone in my bedroom the sound off so I know if I have nothing important happening I don't need my phone near me so I put it in my bedroom sound off I make dinner then at eight o'clock I'll grab my phone and like see if anyone messaged me usually no one has (laughs) so I'm like why do I have it constantly on me if literally nothing's happening that's like baby steps is like just putting it away from you out of sight and it's like out of sight out of mind that's yeah it's just like it's going to maybe sound crazy, but like, if I feel like I can't do that. Like, I you, feel you like you can trust me. I just feel like I'm always, I don't know. It is what it is, but yeah, I definitely just, just try it more. Try putting another room, even keep the sound on. If you need the sound on just to know, no, like, I don't put the sound on the sound on is a no go. Okay. So put it in another room, sound off or put on, do not disturb so that you don't get any notifications. That's what I do a lot. Yeah. I gotta get, I gotta get better at that one. Okay. Next, next tip is, um, learning new habits or rediscovering old ones. Mm, This is a good one. Is this something that you do or have done? Um, yeah, I think this year, yeah, I started doing my Photoshop class on Thursday nights and that's been, is that, is that a habit? I don't know. It's like learning a a new thing. Yeah. Habit or a hobby, whatever. Let's make it like and so that has been fun yeah Yeah. something new and then I think with this podcast like my mind is always like turning about things that we can do or should do or haven't done like Mm -hmm. so I like that because I feel like it's it's fun but it also requires me to think in a in a more of a like entrepreneur 
entrepreneurial way, which I don't normally have to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I've had a lot of fun figuring this whole platform and everything out. Yeah. I think, yeah, something for me is like just tapping more into my creative side, which I feel like I haven't done for a long time. And not that like I'm the most creative person, but I like creative things. I'm just not always good at it, but like I started painting. I'm not the best painter, but like, I just love doing stuff that's creative and like, even if it's just like coloring, something I really, really want to do is get into writing again. Cause I used to write a lot in journal when I was younger and I loved it, but I haven't done that in years. The next step getting outside. I think we all, yeah, we all, all know and love that one. I think it's been a mental health help for everyone during this yeah. time. Absolutely. And it's a way to also have like the next tip is a work-life balance. And I find being outside is a way to help with that because during yeah. the day you're always at your desk and you don't leave your house. So just going for that quick walk on lunch helps balance the day out. It reminds you that you have a life outside of working from home because your home now totally. becomes work. It's so hard to like differentiate between the two. So I find those two go hand in hand. I agree. And like, I, I know for me and I think for you too, like we have a desk space and we do our work there. We'll do like our volunteering meetings there. Mm -hmm. We'll do our podcast there. So like you really need to separate it or else everything can feel like work. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The last tip, this is a, this is a good one. Check in with loved ones and maintain regular social contact. I love how this whole time we've been saying we're antisocial and like depressed. So we don't want to do yeah. that, but it is important to do. Like I forced myself today to do this and there you go. I socialized Now I'm done for the weekend. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I, I feel this is hard. This is hard sometimes, especially when there's nothing new to share. Like my mom will call me and be like, Hey, what's new? I'm like, like actually nothing. Like everything is the exact same as last week. Yeah. It's like Groundhog Day every day of my life. So it almost feels like you have nothing to share with people. So why call them? But then sometimes you have these really nice random conversations with people and you're like, oh, that's why we're friends or this makes yeah. me feel so yeah. good. Like, and and you need to make sure you do that because those are, I, I guess for me, like that's what pushes me through the tougher weeks or days or yeah. are those nice conversations. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like even like with my parents, like my mom and I have this habit of talking every single day for the last like three years, four years. I don't know. We just, we call each other every single day. Now it's like not multiple times a day before it was like five times a day. Now it's like, we're down to like one or two. How long are these calls? <laughs> like quick. I don't know. But then I remember last week I didn't answer the phone from them for two days straight. Cause I just didn't want to talk to anybody. And she was like texting me like so upset and like, was like are you okay like are you mad like what's going on and I'm like no I just don't feel like talking like I love you like I just don't want to talk and then she was like oh she's calling me right now actually <laughs> yeah, she just that's me. too funny <laughs> I called her already three times today though I don't know why she's calling me but so if I don't answer that and I don't say anything she's like thinks I'm mad at her so I have to we have a different relationship though I don't know if this is the healthiest thing I'm trying to like tell her that as I get older I'm gonna call less like if I have a boyfriend I'm not gonna call her six times a day I'm gonna call him oh you'll be too busy but we've kind of like I know but we rely on each other for that social contact so it's important for me to answer her calls but also like I'm trying to like get more space no I think that's good and yeah it's just it's cute I guess like 
we've gone into this since since she was sick like I called her yeah. seven times eight ten times a day when she was not doing well so it's just become a habit but yeah yeah and I, I think we all all or at least most of us can understand now like if the person you want to talk to like doesn't feel like talking like it's probably nothing that you did it's just that they're not in the mood <laughs> she also always texts me good night and I love you and it's the cutest thing ever I don't know if your mom or anyone's parents do that, but like, I find that so, I don't know, it makes them single. Like, it's just so nice. Having my mom, think about me no. before bed. that's really cute. My mom is like, like, oh, she's just not a great texter. I'll, she, her, her response to almost everything is the letter K. <laughs> it's like my dad, K, but then like dot, 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 dot. He sends like 10 dots. I'm like, why? Such like a boomer thing to do, the K and the dots, like <laughs> triggering to me. Okay. So what are some habits that work for you personally? Some good ones and then maybe some bad ones that you're trying to maybe get out of. Okay, I'll start with the bad ones first because that's easier. <laughs> it's coming to my okay. head first. So the bad habits are the morning, like waking up like five minutes before I start to work. That is the a horrible habit. And I really need to work on that. Mm-hmm. And the next bad habit I had over this pandemic so far has been drinking a lot. So like I used to like, I know we talked, we were like having this, like we had like this phase where we were just like testing so much wine and like always drinking like two glasses a night. And I've realized I can't do that anymore. Like it's just not, it's not healthy, but also it's impacting my sleep, I think. So I've been trying to just like save my wine for like the end of the week as like a release, but like, I don't need to have a two glasses or even a glass every single night like mm-hmm. so like alcohol was a horrible habit to be completely honest over this pandemic and then those are the two main ones I can think of what about you yeah one of my bad habits is like living life in like fast forward mode like I I like clean as fast as I can I like do every work assignment as fast as I can and like try and get it in. like I truly just need to do like freaking relax a little bit and mm-hmm. and be more present because often when I'm trying to get through things faster and faster and faster it's because I want to get on to the next thing and I just like have to realize okay I'm gonna do the dishes right now for an, half an hour and I'm just gonna do it as long as it takes I have literally nothing else to do with my day <laughs> but I'm doing it like at hyper speed so yeah and it makes me stressed when I do that because I always feel like I don't know I'm not relaxed right even though mm-hmm. I don't want to do the dishes it would make the dishes better if I wasn't trying to like literally speed through it. That, so that's one of my habits. I'm trying to work on being more present and just doing things instead of trying to get through them. Um, and then giving myself like grace to do what I want in a day, which sounds maybe dumb, but to me, sometimes I have these expectations of what should be done in a day and how much I should do. And there's been so many times where I didn't listen to myself and just push through because I thought that's what productive people do. And I burn out at the end of it. Now I'm trying to say, to look at life as more of a journey rather than a destination. And it's like, if I skip a workout today, or if I don't get that assignment for work done three days ahead of time, life will go on and I will be okay. And this is just one little day in my life. That's not going to affect every single day afterwards. So being kinder, I think to myself. <laughs> yeah. Being kinder is, yeah. 
that's like a good habit I'm, I've been working on is that my therapist gave me like a lot of positive affirmations each time we have a new session. So I have this like positive statement written on my mirror, but like on a note on my mirror and I read it to myself every time I'm in the bathroom and it helps. That's a good habit I've developed because I thought before it was like stupid, but I have like two there on this mirror, two in the bathroom. I have my kind of spread out my condo and that's a really good habit to have, even though it sounds like how does that help you? But just like reading yourself, these positive statements that you created for yourself that apply to you mm-hmm. is such a good thing to do. So I'm trying to think of other good habits. Do you have any you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I have, I have one, which has been making time to work out mm-hmm. maybe not every day, but most days just doing something yeah. that makes me feel good. It actually changes my entire day. Like I could have had a shit day, work out at 7 p.m. My night is so much better already just from that half an hour of whatever I did. It just feels, you feel more accomplished. Like you feel like you actually did something, even though you didn't yeah. do really much, but I agree. It's and a good habit. I don't know if you do the dance workouts, but like there's a few dance workouts that you just like, I don't know. I just get into it and I'm like, just like going at it like yeah and it's it's just a, a physical release of like all whatever was bothering me or these negative thoughts I might have had about how I looked in my workout gear before I started it all just kind of goes away when you actually do something and give it your all without having that voice in the back of your head telling you how bad you are or how terrible you look or how you haven't done this yeah no that's a good one reading for me has been a really good habit. Like I read before, but I think I read a lot more during this pandemic. Like I'm reading so much more, like multiple books a month, whereas I would read like one or two before and now I'm reading like three or four maybe. So that's been a really good habit to always have a book that I'm reading or two books I'm reading at a time because it just helps me like also like divide my day. Like I'll read a little bit on my lunch break for like 15 minutes and after work I'll like Maybe like I usually watch TV right after or something to kind of like release mm-hmm. my stress from the day. But then before I go to bed, I always read. So reading before bed has been like a great thing. So I also go to sleep thinking of the book and that's a nice feeling. <laughs> Dreaming about your books. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next topic we really want to get into, which we've kind of touched on a little bit is self-care during this pandemic. And I watched this video recently, which I told Sarah to watch and she didn't, <laughs> but <Sorry. laughs> it's from um, Valeria Lifovetsky. She's like an influencer in Toronto and she posted on her YouTube or Instagram, I can't remember, but it was basically about stop romanticizing self-care. So the main point of the video that she came across was that when she used to take away this like fluffy stigma around self-care because it's not just bubble baths and eating pizza and face mask and instant gratification but a lot gets you have to get more into the zone and it's often darker than all that stuff and that video like spoke to me so much because that's something I always think about is how everyone's posting like self-care Sunday like bubble baths and face mask and like they bought new skincare products so they're gonna have a self-care night and I'm like that's great but like to me, self-care is a lot different than that. Mm-hmm. Before I get into what I think, like what, what are your thoughts initially on the whole romanticizing self-care on social media? So I actually did watch this. Oh, you did? <laughs> now that you say all this stuff, I'm like, no, no, I, I watched this. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I watched like a highlight of it, but I, I definitely heard her talking about this stuff. 
I agree. And actually in the book I'm reading or just finished reading, it said the exact same thing of this self-care becomes when we romanticize it, it becomes like something else on the checklist to get done. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I got my work done for the day, the laundry's done, cooked dinner. And now my self-care, like got to check that off the list. Yeah. Like, but that's not how it should be viewed. It should be viewed as like, how do we actually take care of ourselves? And it's not, for some people, it might be bubble baths. For me, it's not bubble baths. And those are great Um, though. Like those are all like, yeah, eat that pizza. That's a great thing to do, but that's, that's not self-care. I think that's what she's trying to say is that Mm -hmm. all those things are amazing. And if they make you feel good, like do them. There's nothing wrong with that, but calling it self-care takes away from the reality of self-care for some people or most people, which it's It's not pretty. Yeah. it's, It's not pretty. Like you're looking inside of yourself. You're looking at your needs, your fears, your anxieties, and it requires so much perseverance, which is something she says in the video, and also patience, because you're putting yourself, you're pushing yourself out of this comfort zone and really diving deep into how you're thinking and feeling. And that's often a very dark place. And it's not, it's unstable. Like you have a wave of emotions while you're there. And it's one thing that I would want to say is that like self-care is a process. Like I think often you think if you do self-care, you're going to reach this fullest version of yourself. But self-care to me is that you won't necessarily have this end goal. Like I'm not going to keep working myself. And then when I'm 60, I'm like, boom, I'm there. I'm the best version of myself now. I think Mm -hmm. it's like taking every day as like a baby step towards improving yourself and growing. But self-care is this process of continuing to grow and learn and prove to fulfill yourself because like you're never going to, re- there's no like highest version of yourself, in my opinion. It's just continually working towards growing and learning yourself. And then every day you get better. Right now, I am the best version of me today, but next week I might've learned something and then exactly. I'm a better version then. Exactly. Like it's continually, continually growing and changing is self-care. Yeah. I remember talking or like, I remember learning about how self-care, it really wasn't sunshine and rainbows and face masks, at least for me when I was working shift work and I would come after, after a 12 hour shift, I would come home and it would be like seven in the morning, like working overnight. And I remember realizing that for me, as weird as it was, the way I kind of tuned into my emotions and sort of took work out of me and went into like my personal zone. Cause sometimes it's hard to shift between those two, especially when you're working long hours and stuff was literally like going into shoppers drug mart after work and just like walking around shoppers drug mart and or wandering that. around like a grocery store. And it was always in the morning. So it'd be like, no one would be in there. It'd be like seven 30 in the morning. And it put this separation between work and going home. So it wasn't just like I work and then I go home and sleep and I wake up and do it again. Like there was something in between, or it was me just sitting in my car in my driveway for 15 minutes and just sort of like sitting there, not doing anything, just like relaxing. Mm -hmm. First of all, I was so exhausted. But second of all, I don't know, it just, it it created a separation for me. And I, I was on a panel talking to some graduates of the program that I went to at Humber and that was like a really big buzzword at the time, as I think it still is, is like, what do you do for self-care? How do you make sure when you're working at the time I was working with young offenders, like, how do you make sure you don't take that kind of stuff home with you? And I was like, well, for me, it's, it's really like not anything crazy. It's not like 
going home, lighting incense, doing meditation, sitting on a pillow and like looking at the sky. Like for me, it's maybe it's like napping in my car for an hour after work, waking up and going inside my house. Like as weird as that sounds, like that's what it was for me. What are like, but now it's changed because I have a different job, but what do you do now for what's your version of self-care? Well, I think the most, the thing that my self-care is not, is that it's not instant gratification. Like I don't, think I don't do face masks to feel like that is not giving that's not my self-care that's just something if I want to do it I just do Mm -hmm. it so like it's hard like self-care is really just me diving into my issues that's and the reality of what it is is that like me going to therapy and talking about all my problems and what I'm struggling with and what I not like my problems like also my like stuff in my life that's good like just talking about myself and what I'm feeling and like you always say that I daydream a lot which is something I do because I think a lot like I just like sit in my room and I just think and I sit my and I'm just like thinking about everything and that thinker and I'm a doer yeah but thinking is my self-care I think what I'm trying to like say but I'm not saying properly is that it is a process and it's I think that's what you're saying yeah yeah it's just it's hard to pinpoint it it's just it's I don't know something you have to do and if you don't, you have to do it to improve yourself or become a better version of yourself, but there's no improved or better version that you're going to get to right away. Like, yeah, no, it's true. It's so true. It's like, it's not like when the face mask is up, you're like, oh, all good. Yeah, I'm no, like, oh. like, I wish it was like that, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I used to view self-care as like, okay, self-care is yoga. So yoga <laughs> is my self-care. And like, maybe self-care for me is movement. Like in some way, like working out and sweating is definitely a way that I take care of myself. But when I really boil it down, I think for me, which this has been a big lesson for me this year is self-care for me is, is setting boundaries with people. Yeah. When I set boundaries with people, I don't do things that I don't want to do. So I don't hold resentment for them feeling like they forced me to do something. I take all that negativity out of it. I only do things that are going to make me feel good or bring joy to my life or are going to be really important. Um, And when I set boundaries with people, I give myself space to do things that make me feel good, like work out or go to the doctor or like talk to a naturopath. Mm -hmm. Whereas I might not necessarily make that time for myself if I let other people's expectations run my life. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of just allowing yourself to get lost in your thoughts and feelings. That's to me, what's scary. It's, and it's a scary thing because if they can be really positive one day or they can be really negative the next day, but like I'm someone who easily gets lost in my thoughts and feelings. And, but that's my way of dealing with stuff. I don't know. No, I, I, I totally relate now, but did I relate to this a few years ago, getting lost in feelings and feeling things? No, no. (laughs) Feelings were not for me. Yeah. And like only recently you started like going to therapy for the first time. And I feel like now you've become so much more in tuned with your feelings and emotions just by doing that, which is probably a form of self-care for you as well as just realizing that you can speak about what's bothering you and you don't have to hide it all away. Yeah. Yeah. And like being a little bit broken, it's not such a bad thing. Sometimes like just like letting it all fall out is okay. Yeah. We're not, but like, I still can't like, when I say that, I'm like, it's it's okay, Sarah. It's okay. (laughs) Like I'm convincing myself. It's a, it's a process. It's, it's a hard thing to accept, but it goes 
perfectly with what you're saying is that you're, you're never going to get to a point in life where you're not going to be faced with challenges and ups and downs. Like I kind of thought like as an adult, you're able to smoothly go through some of these things. And like you, once you learn your lesson, you won't do it again. You know how many times I've made the same mistake. Yeah. I kept saying like, Oh, when I moved to Toronto, this is going to be different. No, like it's a new challenge every single day and every month, every year of life. And once you accept that though, like, okay, I'm never going to be rid of challenges. So I'm just going to have to reframe how I think and about them. Yeah. And as you go through them, you learn different coping mechanisms and you try to eventually you practice them more and more. So those challenges are no longer overtaking you. They're maybe just a little bit better. It's like exposure therapy for life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Life is exposure therapy. (laughs) Just walking at your door. It's like, fuck, (laughs) throw it at me world. (laughs) (laughs) okay why don't we dive into some of our rapid well you know at first I want to say like this has been I feel like a really at least for me I felt like a really good conversation and (laughs) I know I'm like I I don't don't want to end but like I I know when we get together we talk about this stuff all the time and so it's so natural for us and like I don't know what's wrong with me today I feel like I'm gonna cry (laughs) I think the one thing before we get into a rapid fire like I hope this helped people because I think this conversation has definitely helped me today, especially because this is like Sarah said, this is stuff that we always talk about and always feel, but we've never voiced it to our friends outside of Mm -hmm. each other. Like I've never voiced this people outside of usually you or my therapist. So comment. Oh wait, I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, you're not the therapist? Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) You're the free, you're the free therapist I have. And then I got the paid one that costs like 200 bucks a month. So... Yeah, I hope people have been touched by at least something that we've said. So let us know in the comments. I would love to hear if anything Mm -hmm. that we've said has actually resonated with you or if you feel the same way, let it out and just tell us. Or if you disagree, tell us. Like we want to know what is working for you, how you're feeling. Uh, I think that's going to be helpful for us to, to get to know who you are too as listeners. Yeah, and we have to help each other. And the first way to do that is voicing everything we're feeling so scary hope we don't get like 60 negative comments like you guys are crazy (laughs) okay rapid fire okay some of these I've stolen from like podcasts I like to listen to but they're really good okay first one vulnerability is blank courage yeah that's a good one wow so my therapist always says, always says vulnerability is an act of courage. I'm going to say essential. Nice. Wait, before we get to the rest, vulnerability is like a big thing with self-care. Is that something that you're constantly practicing to get better at? Because I, you know how bad I am with being vulnerable, which is I can easily talk about stuff. Being vulnerable with someone in my, like a significant oh. other mm-hmm. is like a whole other playing field. Like I can tell anyone my feelings but you tell a boy that I like that and it's like game over. I can't. I it, I'm glad you specified because when you're like, I'm not good at being vulnerable. I'm like, you're one of the most vulnerable people I know. But no, I see, I see what you mean. With friends, you are very vulnerable. But yeah, when it becomes romantic, it's like a totally different ballgame. It's like them. a big wall and bricks that are like, or like stone, like cement come up <laughs> and I can't break through it. <laughs> Vulnerability has been a really hard thing for me to be truly vulnerable my entire life. Like Mm -hmm. 
I'm all about like, and it's funny because one of my biggest pet peeves is people that aren't real. But for a lot of my life, I haven't been as real as I could have been with my close friends and family because I, mm-hmm. it all comes back to that, that feeling of not wanting to put my shit on other people. And I always felt that vulnerability, it's not that it was a weakness. It's just that I never wanted to burden people with my stuff. So mm-hmm. I'll be vulnerable to myself and maybe one other person, but that's it. Like, no, I wouldn't tell my friends a problem in my relationship because I don't know. It just felt like that wasn't the right person to go to. It felt like no one could help me with my problems. So being vulnerable is a waste of time a little bit. Now I realize all that stuff is not true. Mm -hmm. And I've had some of the best conversations with friends, family, Michael, when I am truly vulnerable And I will say though, it's usually a really hard conversation at the time, but it leads to a better connection after the conversation. Yeah. I like what you said about like how you said you you don't always feel like you're real your whole life or like leading up to now. And even though you say I'm vulnerable, like when I'm vulnerable with you guys, I'm literally half time making jokes and I'm like laughing at my own demise like so to me like yes I am in a way I am being vulnerable because I'm saying stuff out loud but I always put up this barrier where I don't actually let myself feel and let people see that I'm feeling something and so like I my vulnerability is a big work in progress for me because like 99% the reason I have not had a boyfriend is because I can't be vulnerable like I just can't even fathom someone else knowing everything about me and accepting it if I can't accept it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I get, I encourage people to answer this question for themselves and take a look at how you're being vulnerable and what, if you're not, or if you are, or how you can improve, because even if you're vulnerable with your friends in one way, there's probably other ways that you're not. Mm-hmm. And it's, and, but be gentle because yeah. like my therapist said, vulnerability is truly an act of courage because when you're vulnerable, you cannot control what the other person will feel or what they will do based on yeah. what you say. Okay, next question. You want to relax. Do you read a book or watch TV? I don't mind. Watch TV, 100%. <laughs> I do both. Morning walk or afternoon walk? Afternoon. Same, I just like- I can't be here. Did you hear about our morning routine? Do you think we have time <laughs> yeah. for a walk? Do you think we have the energy to go outside? <laughs> Also, I love like catching the sunset and I like afternoons better. Mm -hmm. Journaling or calling a friend? I don't journal, so I definitely call a friend, but I want to journal. It's on my list. Yeah, I often don't do either, but I'm going to get better. I know I'm not going to journal. It's just not, I I tried it. It's just not for me. I'm not like, so I'm going to get better at calling friends and telling them what's happening in my life hey honestly you never call me I think I call you sometimes because I'm too lazy to text and you just don't answer then we end up texting but like you don't call <laughs> ever no <laughs> calling to me is like exhausting yeah I'm like I'm I'm both because I because I feel like I have to be on and like performative a little bit in a call but I think mm. that is like my burnout coming out a little bit yeah probably yeah <laughs> okay next question craving you're craving junk food are you going for chips or cookies chips all the way cookies really those don't yeah i mean at all okay workout cardio or weights <laughs> weights 
Absolutely weights. Well, like not weights, just like strength training. Strength, oh. yeah. Strength or cardio? Strength. Yeah. I would go. Right now I'm loving the cardio because I'm loving, I'm loving sweating. So I'm gonna go with yeah. cardio right now. I wish I loved cardio. Which app drains you the most? Ooh. I want to use one app. So I guess just Instagram. I don't, what other apps are there? I guess Facebook, TikTok. Um the app that drains me the most is Microsoft Teams. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? Slack. Slack drains me the most. That's a good one. It's so exhausting. Holy shit. Okay. Oh, I love this next one. Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. Aw. Okay, you go first. Okay. This is like pre-pandemic, but it's all good. Um in home, walking, I'm alone, podcast on, walking through home sense or the mall or something home. No, let's just do home sense. And I have like a Starbucks coffee and it's Saturday afternoon and I have nothing else planned for the day. Mm, I love that. That's a really good one. I do that too. Like just like window shopping is amazing. Yeah. Just looking around when I'm done work. Um, just literally like I just go on my bed sometimes and I just, cause I have a really great West view. I can see the sunsets in the West and I just stare at the sky while the sun's setting for like, I guess it takes like half an hour from the time it starts to when it ends and becomes dark. And I literally just like lay in my bed. Like I'm like this, like, like my hands are like on my like knuckles, like a little child. And I just watch the sunset. Uh, what's one thing that made you smile today? Oh, the worker at Jimmy's coffee. I like went to go pick up. I ordered like these earrings from a jury and I was like getting a coffee after and she's like, what'd you buy? And I was like talking to her about it. And we just had a conversation about earrings and it was really sweet. Um, for me, it would be, so the sound, okay. I'll preface this with the sound might not sound amazing in this episode, just because we're missing a chord today and couldn't record it in the same way that we normally do. But I, I think knowing that it didn't really matter that like, we, like we were able to just sort of make it work and like do the episode and I don't know that just makes Aww, me smile that's cute I didn't know it. I have to do that much <laughs> that's sweet that's um, me like being like I didn't come prepared she'll hate me <laughs> yeah I'm like I use the shittiest speakers to record these so I'm like all good uh, what's one thing you're deeply grateful for right now this podcast and this episode oh. today is really great I like it me too. I, I, I feel grateful that we can be honest and relaxed and open. And, and that, I don't know, I don't have necessarily that connection with absolutely everyone I know. So it's nice. Like, I'm grateful to do this podcast with you, but I'm, I'm doubly grateful that like it has either given people entertainment or some sort of positivity or anything, mm -hmm. even if you listen to it and you don't like it, like, Thank you for listening to it. Okay. Well, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's the end, everyone. So we hope you enjoyed this and learned something. And like we said, send us some comments on what your thoughts are on this episode. And if anything kind of stuck with you or resonated with you, we'd love to hear about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're, we're gathering from how many people listen that you guys are loving the guest episode. So 
stay tuned. There'll be more soon. And we're really excited to bring on some people that aren't necessarily just like from our close friend group, but people that really have a lot of knowledge and stuff to share. So stay tuned. We'll see you in the next one. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.